17, clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff, runway 17, Tomahawk 255 for golf. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the third episode of the V1 Rotate Aviation News Podcast, everybody. So excited to be on for today's episode. As you guys know, my name is Red Deer of Aviation. So excited to be on for today's podcast, and I really hope you guys are excited for it. This will be our third installment of the podcast, as we have a lot of awesome stuff to dive into today. Unfortunately, due to the various scheduling conflicts, Citrus Aviation uh, was not able to be a part of this episode. Between me and, my, uh, me and him, we've been trying to get this episode scheduled uh, to record for quite some time, and and unfortunately, literally our schedules could not have been any worse trying to mesh with each other. Between all my flight lessons and work that I've had to do as of late, I was not able to get a time that worked with all of his work schedule and all of his personal stuff that was able to uh, work so we could get this recorded. So I'm very sorry that it's just me for this episode, but we're going to try to have that fixed for next time. So again, I, I dearly apologize about that. Some of his most open times are in the morning, while mine are the afternoon and evening, so it was definitely a really rough sequence, to say the least, but we still have an awesome episode in store for you guys, and I hope you guys are excited for it, as next week, or next time, excuse me, in two weeks, will be awesome once he's back on board, so nevertheless, we still have a great episode in store for you guys, I really hope Nevertheless, I really hope you guys are excited for it. We have a great episode in store today with a lot of awesome news. I do want to apologize. I'm not able to get the most context on all these articles since I wasn't able to scan these all over during the intermission while uh, the other person is talking. So that will be uh, definitely a little bit of a change up, but we still have a lot of awesome news going to today and I really hope you guys are excited for it. Expect a lot of great stuff in today's episode as we have a lot going on in the aviation news land. So again, very sorry that Citrus Aviation, excuse me, could not be on for this episode, but we had to do a solo episode this week so we could get it consistent and I'm sorry that we were a little delayed it was all due to those various scheduling conflicts Alrighty, with all that being said we're not going to waste any further time and we're going to begin with this week's episode of the v1 rotate podcast uh, news so here we go we're going to begin with headline news as per usual and we have some really good headline news this week some very unfortunate others uh, very exciting and we're going to start with the very exciting stuff as regulators give Canada jetlines approval to launch which is very exciting so this is going to be a new uh, airline that's going to start to fly from Toronto this summer which is very excited so this is very exciting as they've been trying to get going for a very long time and uh, it's been a story that's been uh, keeping up with for quite some time so they're playing the flight Airbus E320s this summer which is very exciting I think they've been trying to get going I think the pandemic's been another part that's really been a troublesome which is very unfortunate it's also been really cool to see all these Canadian carriers getting launched up and uh, this will be another one that will be great to add to the portfolio so that's very exciting so they've had various plans over the years to get started as well uh, different things with 737s and all kinds of fun stuff too but this is what their CEO had to say so this is an important milestone for Canada Jetlines as we are approaching the completion of the AOC process with the Transport Canada the teams both CTA and Canada Jetlines have been working with great collaboration and diligence to ensure that we meet or exceed the requirements for a startup airline operating in Canada we are working in, er or in earnest towards the finish line of our certification process we are confident that we will operate our first commercial flight this summer and plan to announce commercial service in the coming weeks so definitely expect some big news to come very soon uh, it's really exciting as they're going to be uh, hope to have 15 aircraft in 2025 and they do have one Airbus E320 at this current time which has a really nice interior from the looks of it so I'm very excited to see what they're going to be able to do 
I think they have a lot of potential and I definitely think that their abilities are definitely going to be there. So very excited to see how that's going to unfold. I think it's going to be great and it's very exciting. So that will be absolutely awesome. Next up, uh, very interesting. So Wizard Pilot announced uh, has an announcement that went viral after a seven hour delay at London Gatwick Airport, which is very unfortunate. So uh, this was kind of funny. So straight to the point, kind of just diving into what he said. So here's what he had to say. Show of hands, please, uh, who wants to get off? We won't be going tonight if you don't get off. <laughs> you know, I don't need this. My crew, I uh, don't need this. We are doing what we can to get you out of here. It is out of my control, okay? It is completely out of my control. We are doing everything we can. If you want to get off, I'll let you get off. No problem. So again, that was kind of hard to take in context through a text format. But yeah, this video got viewed over 2 million times. And this was posted on Tuesday, May 24th, on a fr uh, which ended up getting popular by the Friday afternoon. So yeah, Wizard unfortunately had a really bad delay. So there was various tweets and such that were on there. Uh, let me see if I can show you guys one of them over here. Let me see if I can do that for you guys. Or I'm going to attempt to if I can. Uh, here we go. So here was one of them. So as you can see, it says, hi, Wizzair. I got a 365 minute delay from uh, 2155 to 0440 in the plan uh, to Bosch Fez. Hopefully I said that right. What do I do? You rude check-in desk person would not confirm and it would only print me a boarding pass in the seven hours. So that's just an example of one of the tweets that we saw from that, which is pretty unfortunate, but what can I say at this point? So yeah, this is definitely unfortunate for sure. Uh, here's another one that's worth looking at right here. Hey, Wizard, why do you change um, 1.5 minute uh, pound to call your helpline when you leave 200 of your passengers stranded at the gate with no pilot, no ground staff, and no exclamations? Hashtag awful. So it appears that wasn't very good. Here's even another one that we can look at. Um, uh, there's the route with more than a seven hour delay. No explanation from the company. An important day work and loss of 0.69 voucher at the bar. Why do I keep flying with you? So as you can tell, people were not very happy with that. And that was pretty unfortunate. So tough delay right there. Hopefully Wizzair will get it together going forward because I, as you guys could tell, people were not very happy with that delay. And I wouldn't be after seven hours too. And there's been a lot of delays in the industry lately, unfortunately. So hopefully they get it figured out going forward. But that was very unfortunate to see the uh, Twitter raid right there. So there we go. Very unfortunate is a uh, Nepal plane crash happened with uh, 22 people on board that unfortunately lost their lives, which is very unfortunate. So this was on a twin order flight, a DHC-6, and um, yeah, it was really unfortunate. So just seeing here uh, for the details, it looks like there was various people, including two German nationals, four Indians, and three Nepal citizens on board. Uh, and it appears to be that there was difficult terrain and weather conditions in the area that were uh, that was a challenge for the flight. So uh, I believe this was from Nepal, the very popular. I, I could be wrong on that. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what's going on here, but it appears to be that the poor weather was the main cause of the crash. There wasn't a ton of details when this article was posted. Uh, it was only 12 minutes into the journey. It wasn't really a long destination either. It was only a 20 uh, minute flight. So they were about halfway there. So took off. Uh, at, it was uh, followed by a uh, Taras Air uh, aircraft as well. And then uh, they called it, uh, the report on it. So yeah, very unfortunate for sure. Really, really sad. Uh, it's just so sad to see another fatal incident right here. And hopefully um, things will get better going forward. So that's very sad and it's really, really unfortunate to say the least. So sorry that I didn't have the best details there, but yeah, that's it for headline news. There wasn't really a lot, a lot of, there was a couple things that could have fell into there, but I thought for this episode, since it would be a little different, we would keep it fairly concise with the headline news. So there was some big items, but most of that falls into the other. 
So yeah, not a whole lot of headline news to it, but now we're into route news as we have a lot of awesome stuff to go into. So very exciting. Let's get into it. So North Atlantic, uh, the planned service to London Gatwick, which is very exciting in August. So this will be very exciting to see North make it into London Gatwick, which I think will be a really good market for them. So as you guys know, they're starting mainly most of their service from Islo, I believe. And uh, they were flying to the US, but now they're going to be uh, starting service into... Ellen Gatlick, excuse me, which is really, really exciting. I think this will be very good. Uh, it appears to be that they're going to be uh, doing this from Fort Lauderdale and New York JFK, it appears. So those will be really good routes. I think that this will be a, sec a great second base for them. Uh, as, like I said, they started service from Oslo, as we covered previously. Excuse me. But yes, uh, really excited to see that. Uh, they think that Paris will be next, so that will also be exciting. So lots of great routes from Norris. I think that they're going to do a really good job. Uh, these are kind of lessons that they've learned from Norwegian, it appears, from the past. They've This was a very similar market to what they tried to cater to. So, But yes, I'm really excited. Here's a quote to, to, of note. We are starting to scratch buildings a lean... A, yeah, building a lean organization, and we use all those efforts focusing on one type of operation, low-cost, long-haul. And we uh, be, will be purely low-cost, purely low-cost, I'm so sorry. We have industry knowledge, passion, and dedication. We will introduce aircraft new routes gradually, based upon demand and profitability. And the teething problems with the Dreamliner are gone. Not least, we will have a strong balance sheet. So very exciting stuff there for Norris. I think they're going to do a really good job with that market. I think London Gatwick with those two routes to start will be really good. They're very high demand routes. And I don't even know if Fort Lauderdale has a London Gatwick right now. So that is really exciting. I think they're going to do really good with those routes. And I think it will be really good. So well done, Norris. And I'm really excited to see where they're going to go here. A massive expansion from Velars is they're going to be starting 16 brand new routes from the New Mexico City Airport, which is very exciting. So as you guys know, the new uh, airport of Mexico City has really been bustling. We talked about uh, Vita Aerobus starting new routes from there in the last episode. In this episode, we're going to have 16 new routes from the city as well, which is going to be very helpful going forward. So uh, they're going to start flying to, I'm going to probably botch several of these, so I'm just going to try my absolute best, so I'm sorry, but Osteoposco, Galatara, Hasgastico, La Paz, uh, Madrid, uh, Madrid, I think, uh, Mexico, uh, Oxford, Puerto Vallarta, Porta Espargo, and Los Cabos. So those are all going to be the domestic routes, which is very exciting. So the majority of those will be starting in the August and September ballpark. So you're also going to find new routes to uh, Tarja, Puerto Vallarta, Cancun, Guadalajara, Los Cabos, and Hasgo. And those routes will be starting in July. So that's very exciting. So the majority of those will be daily. There is a couple that will have some weekly frequencies, which are really exciting. So yes, some of these are already operating, but most of these will be new starting routes. I think these will be really, really good. And again, I'm sorry on the pronunciation, but yeah, these will be great from the various uh, cities in the <clears throat> Mexico uh, City region. Of course, they have a lot of service out of Guadalajara and various airports there. So I think this will be really, really good. I think this will be very helpful for Velars. And yeah, with Mexico City continuing to grow, I think this will be a great way for them to continue to enhance their route market out of that market. So good job, Velars. Very happy to see it. And that's going to be absolutely awesome. As Delta restarts new seasonal service from New York to Prague, which will be very good. So this is a summer seasonal route that they've had. Uh, this is the first time this route will be operating since COVID, so it's very exciting to see this route back. It started on May 26th. It will be a daily service, which is very exciting. And I'm not seeing an aircraft um, 
I think it's going to be the 767, but I'm not, yeah, 767. So it will be the 767, which will be perfect. And uh, yeah, here is a quote here that was said, uh, where the, or this was said by uh, Delta's region uh, sales manager, Tom Braddett. He said, we're delighted to return Craig today for the first time since 2019. The full flight shows the demand for this travel to the beautiful city. The removal of all COVID entries requirements last month has had a positive impact on bookings. We're looking forward to a successful summer season connecting Prague to New York and beyond while also supporting our respective tourism economies. So uh, very exciting to see that. That is one thing that's huge is lifting those restrictions. Um, obviously, there's various opinions on that and we're not going to get into that. But one factual evidence uh, shown here is that it will help the bookings and a full flight for that route. Super exciting. So Prague's a really cool city. I think that it always looks really, really good. So again, this is going to be DL210 and 211 and this aircraft leaves JFK at 9.30 and arrives over there at 11.45 in the morning, then comes back at 1.45 that day and arrives back to JFK at 5 o'clock. So I think that's a really good route for the 767, uh, which is very exciting. And there was some various other routes. Uh, Boston to Athens started on the A330-300, which is very exciting. And uh, yeah, Delta's really doing good with their transatlantic services. And I think they're going to continue to do really well with them. Obviously, COVID had a huge factor on those, but I think going forward that they're going to really see uh, dividends going forward with obviously a new era of travel as a whole. So very excited to see the great service for Prague and I think that will be great. This is one that's my forte right here. So I, I saw the article and I was like, you know what, might as well. Breeze Airways to launch seasonal Tulsa and Nashville flights, which is very exciting. So Yes, as you guys know, I was fortunate enough to get to be a part of the inaugural, which was so much fun. So this is going to be a new route for Breeze, Tulsa, and Nashville. Uh, so first and foremost, this route I think has some potential. Uh, the bookings have been trending up, which is really exciting. Uh, the outbound inaugural service went out with about 75 people on it, which is pretty solid. I mean, it's not the best, but it's pretty good, all things considered. Allegiant did give this route a shot back in 2020 during the pandemic, and they failed completely because of it being during the pandemic. But I think Breeze's um, Breeze's style, they're, uh, what they're catering to, I really feel like will fit this route great. It was so cool. And I mean, it was so cool to see people talking in Nashville an hour before the flight about how they were excited for this nonstop link. Yes, it was only, uh, you know, like three dozen people. But I mean, still though, that is so exciting to see people excited. And we need this word of mouth promotion to continue to promote new routes like this to help succeed routes like Tulsa and Nashville. So again, this is a new service. This is going to be starting the Emerald 190, but should be moving over to the Airbus A220 very shortly here in a couple weeks. So that's very exciting. Uh, and yes, this is very exciting. The route leaves Nashville at 2.55 p.m. and arrives in Tulsa at 4.40 p.m. Has a quick turnaround. It departs Tulsa at 5.30 p.m. and arrives back in Nashville at 7.05 p.m. This is a double uh, weekly service on the uh, Thursday and Sunday and does really, really good. So here's our chief uh, commercial officer at Tulsa International Airport, Andrew Prinderland, said, we are excited for Tulsans to be able to get to Nashville nonstop and explore the city uh, has the offer. Thank you to our partners at Breeze who saw the strong initial bookings on the new route. And I've already extended the route's seasonability through the end of 2022. And it was looking much better. I mean, I saw numerous frequencies that had over half full and several of them getting closer to three-fourths. So I think that word of mouth promotion is huge. Again, I saw several people just talking and just, you know, getting that those grooves going. You know, it was just so many different things. Some people had relatives.
relatives in Nashville. Some people have relatives in Tulsa. Likewise, I mean, some people had uh, baseball games, and I heard uh, a some country music talk. I mean, it was great. So that's just super exciting. I think the route has a lot of potential to go. Uh, here's what David Nilman had to say about it. He said there are a significant number of unserved markets from Tulsa that will provide us many years of growth opportunities, and we're thrilled to give Tulsa residents nonstop service so they can get to where they want to go twice as fast for about half the cost. That's an understatement because I did the opposite of that going Tulsa, Nash Tulsa, Dallas, Nashville, or Dallas, Nashville, and that took from 8 a.m. and I barely made my connection to one o'clock. So you're talking about five hours, and that and I barely made those five hours. Granted, I didn't even talk about the check in the checkout process. So you're talking about an eight-hour travel day. I mean, obviously, I'm being a little facetious here, but still, though, you're talking about probably six hours realistically to get to Nashville, but now you can do it in, what, an hour and a half, which is just, that's incredible, man. That's just, that's a testament to how much, uh, how all these new airlines and how the industry is growing right now. It is so exciting to see these various um new airlines, low-cost carriers, whatever it may be, and just everybody coming together to make uh, all these, uh, just make it flow, man. It's incredible. Uh, David Newman, of course, has had huge success with WestJet, JetBlue, and Azul, and he's making Breeze happen, man. I'm so excited. I do plan to try their brand new A220 product very soon, but I can say Breeze is a phenomenal airline. I'm really excited to talk about them more in depth in the future, but since I knew a lot about that topic, I could not resist putting it in. So that's the new route. They also started Nashville to uh, Windsor Locks, very exciting. I think they also started new routes like Ash, uh, Nashville to Akron and different ones like that. Uh, so I think Nashville to Charleston may be the one too. So great to see uh, Nashville as a new station for Breeze. I'm really excited to see where the future holds and it's going to be super exciting. So well done there by Breeze. United Airlines, it jets back in the Melbourne, which is super exciting. So now they're going to be coming back on a trice-weekly 787-9 service from San Francisco, which is super exciting. So this is very exciting. I think this was another one suspended due to the pandemic. But this uh, on June 4th, the aircraft, uh, which would have been yesterday as I'm recording this. I think this is coming out Monday, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, the aircraft made a... Uh, 15 and a half hour flight. Oh, this article must have got updated. Okay. So yeah, that's why. But yes, I uh, made the flight, which is very exciting. And yeah, it's really nice to see the 15 hour flight back. It's definitely a longer one, but it's a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday service. And of course they come back on the other days, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. So very, very nice. Uh, I think it's going to be a great route uh, back from the pandemic, of course. Uh, they do compete with Qantas on it, so that is something to keep in mind. But I still think that there's enough demand to satisfy a United service, which is very nice. So, and not to mention uh, that you know there's the new partnership now with Virgin uh, Australia, as my internet just completely died, which is very unfortunate. But let me reload the article here. Uh, but yeah, really exciting to see it. I think it's going to be really good. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be great. So very excited to see how that's going to go in the future. And that's going to be absolutely awesome to dive into in the future. So very, very nice right there. So very excited for that. And yes, uh, we do have some additional route news. So I'm making sure I don't miss anything. So Breeze Airways is, um, or excuse me, there's uh, some different things. So here we go. One new route that I thought, uh, American added several new routes. I think it was uh, LaGuardia added an expansion. There wasn't an article on it for whatever reason, but it was like Tulsa Little Rock or pfft, man LaGuardia to Tulsa Little Rock I think there was like four others uh JFK I think had one too so very excited to see all those new routes they all looked really good sorry that there was no article I don't know what that was about but really excited to see that I think those will be great routes and it'll be very very exciting so great to see it and again I'm sorry there was no article I don't know why there wasn't but what can I say at this point it was fairly disappointing to say the least so that was um 
very rough. But nevertheless, um, in more unfortunate news, if I could find it, sorry, I probably should have just screenshotted this. Uh, but yeah, Avello Airlines is going to be departing two destinations coming up. Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, Ogin, Utah, which is very disappointing. Well, not disappointing, but very sad, I should say. So both, I think, just were not able to sustain enough service, which were very unfortunate. I thought that both were very good routes. I think they just um, were not able to get enough going, which is just sad. But they just sometimes it just can't happen. So, but I at least give them credit for trying. You know, it's something that was nice. Uh, but hopefully, going forward, it'll be um, they'll have more markets to try, and maybe somehow those uh, cities can get service back. I think Fort Collins is left with nothing. So, hopefully, in the future they can. But until then, we just gotta wait and be patient with it. So, it's very unfortunate for sure, but we gotta do what we gotta do. Uh, next up, very exciting to see several new international routes start on June 1st. So let's go through all of those. Lutonta began service to St. Louis from Frankfurt. I'm really excited to see how the loads are going to do for that. That's a very interesting route to me. So very exciting to see that. Iberia started service to Dallas-Fort Worth and Washington Dulles. I think those are both great services. I think um, American and United, respectively, both had those destinations over to Madrid. But I think this is just complimentary service. Uh, obviously, America, American can utilize the Iberia One World and uh, I think Dulles is more of a standalone service. So, but I think those will be really, really good. Finnair starts service to Seattle. I think it makes a lot of sense with One World. So that's going to be a great Northwest connection for anybody in the United States looking to go to Helsinki or anywhere in the surrounding regions. ITA started service to Los Angeles. I'm assuming that's Airbus A350 right there. Uh, I think that's a great service. This kind of picks up on where Alitalia left off, so I think this will be very, very good. And lastly, Ethiopian started service to Washington Dulles from LFW. I'm not sure which airport that is, so I apologize, but that's a new exciting route for Ethiopian, uh, continuing to enhance their Washington Dulles market. I think that's a really good route that right there, and I'm very excited to see how that will do in the future. So well done right there. Very, very exciting, and I think that will be a great service right there. Last but certainly not least, Breeze did receive a slot in Long Beach, so you will be expecting Breeze to start new service there. We are not sure what the destination is going to be at this time, but we know that they do have a confirmed slot. It was a former Delta slot, so you can definitely expect that going forward. So I'm really excited to see how Breeze will do as I reload all these tabs while talking about this. So yes, I think Breeze will do really good with that. I think Long Beach is another good market they can get on, and uh, they got really cool services in San Bernardino and uh, Los Angeles. So I'm really excited to see how they will work in um, Long Beach. I think that will be a great destination. I'm really excited to see Breeze continue to expand. They can reach a lot of these markets like Tulsa, for instance. I really feel like there's some routes that Breeze could get uh, in on. I mean, they are. it's such a cool – Breeze is such a cool airline, man. They really remind me a lot of – it's a hybrid between a ULCC and an LCC, you know. It doesn't remind me of Frontier Spirit uh, Allegiant completely, but it also doesn't remind me completely of Southwest, but I would trend towards that. So, I mean, that's just awesome. I'm so excited to see where Breeze is going to go. I think they have a huge future ahead. They're going to be a great airline going into the future, and I honestly think that they have so much potential going forward. So I'm so excited for Breeze. I think they're going to do a great job, and I'm really, really excited to see where they're going to go going forward. As we transition into fleet news, as we have a lot of awesome stuff to go into here, so let's get started. <clears throat> Excuse me. Beginning with Jetstar as they show up a new A321LR livery, which is really cool. So, <coughs> Excuse me. But the first one's doing soon. It's going to be coming very soon. 
But uh, yeah, here's what the livery looks like. It looks really cool. It has a orange underbelly, which I think looks really nice. So sorry that my uh, TV here is a little bit saturated, but you can see here's the gray, uh, which is their typical livery. But now you have the orange under here, which I think looks really cool. So that looks really, really nice. I think they did a fantastic job integrating that into their fleet. I think it's going to be very nice to see. Uh, the good livery. I mean, uh, yes, it is the 18th uh, birthday of the airline. So I think this is a great way to celebrate that. And I mean, they could really go far with this. Uh, it appears to be that they're adding new amenities like USB ports and different things. So it's really exciting to see them continue to enhance their fleet. Uh, I believe that they're going to be getting various additional A321 LRs. It appears to be about uh, 10 of those aircraft. And then they're going to be getting some XLRs as well, 20 of those. And they also have options there. So I'm really excited to see what Jetstar can do. I think that they can definitely continue to boost on that reputation of theirs. I think that they have a lot of potential. They just got to put it into context, and I think that they can definitely do it. So let me know if you've flown Jetstar in our comment section or anywhere. I would love to hear. So let us know. I would be very appreciative. Ethiopian Airlines was confirmed as the customer for the five identified Boeing 777F orders. So I thought this was more interesting than anything that uh, it wasn't confirmed who it was. I don't know why. Uh, maybe this has something to do with a uh, partner group that bought it for them and uh, Ethiopia will end up getting them. So I'm not sure exactly why, but yes, they're going to be getting five 777Fs, which I think will be a huge benefit to their cargo fleet. And uh, yeah, cargo is still booming despite the uh, pandemic definitely getting better. So uh, yes, but... You can expect five additional of those aircraft. I think the expansion is going to be really good. Um, and Mr. Chasfutz uh, had an announcement where he said, we always strive to serve our customers with the latest technology aircraft in the aviation industry could offer. Our cargo terminal is Africa's largest, coupled with fuel-efficient freighters and well-trained cargo handling professionals will enable our customers to get the best quality shipment service. Customers can rely on Ethiopian for wide-ranging cargo services across five continents. I don't think I could have said it better. That's very exciting. And now they're going to have a fleet of 10 of these, which I think is going to be really good for their fleet. So they really have a long ways that they can continue to go. And I think that these five additional airplanes are really going to help enhance that market for them. So very exciting. And we have even more carrier fleet news as Latam boosts their freighter operations with a third of Boeing 767 BCF. So Latam Cargo has been really cool to see. I think that they've done a really good job. And this has been a bright spot during the pandemic for them as they have now received another 767-300F which is very exciting so they're going to be able to continue to utilize these aircraft and their cargo capacity grew by 80 percent recently which is just incredible that's a huge number so yes uh but it's really cool to see it uh their ceo for latam cargo uh andrews uh Benishai, said the arrival of five freighter boeing 767 uh, freighters this year represents significant progress for Latam Cargo subsidiaries since it allows the group to give more alternatives to clients utilizing the optimal aircraft for our markets. In fact, we can already see concrete results. During its Mother's Day season, Latam Cargo subsidiaries transported 16,400 tons of flowers. This is a record for Latam and, according to the information that has been published, consolidated to the Latam Group and its cargo subsidiaries as the main flower operator in the region. This is true reflection of our community and better connecting South America with the world more and better. So, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. That's a perfect example of how Latam Cargo is continuing to grow. They have a really big following on 
I think that's Facebook. So yeah, that's really exciting. I think that they're going to continue to enhance that market. So obviously, Avianca is now getting uh, A330 freighters. Uh, Azul's now converting Ember 190s, fives, as we talked about. So I mean, it's just really cool to see all these cargo uh, competitors going at it. And I'm really excited to see who's going to get the benefit of the doubt. So that's really cool. And we have another huge fleet announcement right here as Norwegian plans to order up to 50 Boeing 737 MAX aircraft. So how about that? So that's going to be huge. So they're planning to acquire 50 of these aircraft. The uh, fleet will start to debut in 2025 going through 2028. And they also have 30 additional options, which is really good. So Norwegian, I think, can definitely continue to utilize this. And I mean, this really opens out a lot of opportunity for their fleet. I don't know whether they're going to, they're going to utilize that um, in the ballpark of, um, you know, more operations to North America or uh Africa or wherever they're going to send this, but Asia, I don't know, but I think it's going to be really good. So uh, here's what the CEO of Norwegian has to say, Drew uh, Kalsman. He said, the overall terms achieved are attractive for Norwegian and the deal fits our well for our long-term fleet strategy and route program. It will enable us to serve our customers with modern fuel efficient aircraft with the latest technology, significantly reducing our carbon footprint. The deal will also strengthen the company's equal uh, considerability further solidifying Norwegian's financial position. So I think this is a big move for them um, following uh, some previous struggles. So I think that this makes a lot of sense. And I think that this takes them into a new era. So I'm really excited to see how this will benefit the airline. I think that this will be great. I also like that they're spreading out the orders and not getting them immediately. So good job. Really excited to see how that's going to go. I think that's going to be absolutely awesome as that's going to be really, really nice. So very excited to see that as well. The last piece of uh, fleet news today is a very interesting one. So Breeze is now utilizing a Global X A320 on services. Um, so due to some, let's clarify this because I've had several people ask about what the deal is. So when I reference Breeze certification issues, I am simply referring to the delayed process of the why that the uh, certification got delayed. And as a result of that, it ended up turning... Um, as a result, it ended up uh, delaying the aircraft debuting into the fleet. Because, yes, the aircraft is flying right now, but they were supposed to have several additional routes right now with the uh, A220, and unfortunately, they haven't got there. So that was the, what I'm referencing there. But the delayed impact of the Breeze A220 has led to situations like this. And now they're using a Global X uh, wet leasing in Airbus A320 with a, uh, to fly 171 hours through June, and that could be extended uh, to utilize the aircraft. So they're currently uh, using this aircraft on some of their uh, transcontinental routes, such as Richmond and San Francisco. So uh, yes, um, they have a lot of routes going on. They're really trying to get them started. So this is a great way for them to do it. But yes, they just put the route map in online, which is very interesting. So it's really cool to see this. I think it's very unique. Uh, we're also seeing Finnair. I don't know if I got an article on this, but Finnair, I think, is uh, letting Lutanza use some of their 350s on services. So it's interesting to see some mix and match with these airlines. Uh, Qatar, obviously, using those 777s from Cathay. I mean, there's just a lot of mix match right now. I think that's just a imbalance due to the pandemic trying to get that balance found. So I think that's what's going on 
on there, but it's really cool to see Breeze using the Global X A320. I think that this is a good way to do it till they get all their airplanes, and I think that they'll continue to benefit from that. So good job right there. I think that's very exciting, and I think that they'll continue to do a really good job with that. So very nice right there. Really good job, and I'm really excited to see what's to come going into the future. So with all that being said, that will do it for our fleet news. We will continue it into airline news now as we have a lot of good stuff to cover here. So Alaska Airlines is going to push forward despite the pilot strike uh, and they're going to continue to keep working uh, despite those issues. So as you guys may or may not know, there's been a lot of pilots uh, that have not been very happy with the Alaska issues as of late. Uh, here was one quote that was put out here. Uh, for years, we have been working towards a market-based contract with reasonable solutions that address rule works, scheduling flexibility, and careers, uh, career uh, security issues for pilots other companies enjoy, not a strike. So pretty much they're referencing what's been going on over the last several years. And yeah, there's been a lot of people that were not very happy, approximately uh, 3,100 pilots-ish, which is unfortunate. So that is quite a bit of Alaska's pilot base, and I really hope that they get the contract that they deserve because it appears that um, they are not getting what they deserve and I could be wrong on that but from everybody I've talked to and from everything I've seen online it appears to be that it's not been going too good so yes uh, the strike's been very unfortunate hopefully uh, they'll be able to get a reasonable contract uh, again it's kind of tough to speak on that since I'm not in the position to know what that would feel like but I'm sure you know from everything I've heard online that's a huge number of people agreeing with that so I'd have to think that's pretty genuine so those are my thoughts there and yeah very interesting interesting for sure. So very, very interesting. Next in line, it's very interesting to see uh, any consolidation is good consolidation uh, as the Sun Country president says that as he is welcoming the Spirit Frontier merger. So it appears to be that he is a fan of that. That is Dave Davis. Uh, he's a fan of the merger there. So he had to say, any consolidation is good consolidation from our standpoint. I think that any anything that limits capacity growth in the industry is a good thing. So we we're pro-consolidation whenever the deal takes shape. So that's a very interesting statement. I honestly would think that he would be more on the um, growth side as a whole. But yeah, I guess he wants prices to go up. So I would think it would make sense. So yeah, and they're even thinking about Sun Country partnering up a little bit, which is going to be interesting. So yeah, um, the CEO, Jude Bricker, had to say, we are happy to report another profitable quarter. Very strong bookings and revenue unit trends combined with solid cost control drove our first quarter uh, quarter net income. Very nice see for Sun Country. These results came despite much higher than expected fuel prices and Omicron-driven headwinds earlier in the quarter. Omicron was a unit, man. <laughs> I can definitely say that, so... Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this merger will go down. I think we have another article coming up about it too. So, But just so interesting to see various people's opinions on it. And I guess Sun Country's president thinks that it would be good consolidation. But nevertheless, that's kind of where we're at there. So very interesting. And we'll see how much the uh, U.S. Uh, sector of aviation continues to consolidate going forward. Amsterdam Schiphol issues promote KLM to spend some ticket sales, which is very unfortunate. So I think they're just having a lot of issues at uh, Schiphol Airport with uh, various things such as the baggage handling and a shortage of staff, which became a real issue. So as a result, due to various delays, they've had to uh, come back and work on this. So this is uh, what we've seen on KLM's website. We're currently facing operational issues for flights departing from Amsterdam Airport Schiphol. These air issues mainly occurred during the security check. Unfortunately, the waiting lines at the security check are much longer than usual, which strongly impacts the waiting time. So, I mean, yes. 
One thing for all this expansion that we're gonna see is that we need additional resources to be able to do it. And unfortunately, there just hasn't been the adequate resources to do as such. So yes, they've been trying really hard, but they just need to continue to be patient with it. They're trying to get more people to work on it and optimizing the flow and making it more attractive as an airport and trying to get flight planning going and all that fun stuff. So it's definitely not that they're not aware, not taking precautions, but I mean, let's be honest, just a moment. Let's be honest. That right there is, that's got to try to be, um, that's got to try to be avoided if it can. So hopefully they'll be able to, hopefully you guys can see that picture fairly well. But as you guys can see, that is a huge lineup right there of people. So hopefully they'll be able to get that going right there. Uh, but yeah, uh, just seeing if there's anything else. Yeah. So that is what they got to do. Uh, obviously the travel's been booming as of late, so hopefully they'll be able to continue to push forward. So that's the plan at least, and we'll be eager to see how they're able to do that. So it'll be very interesting going forward for sure. It'll be really, really interesting. Uh, I just thought this was crazy. Uh, North Atlantic launches a $114 transatlantic fare to London Gatwick. We already talked about the route itself, so I won't go too far in depth, but just crazy to see that's going to be $114. That's just insane. So, I mean, I just compared to some of the routes I've been taking, it's just insane to see that that's going to be the price. Uh, and it looks like they're going JFK, London Gatwick, and then Oslo, which I think will be really good. But just insane to see that price. That is really, really cheap. So if you're looking to fly on that route, that is a really good deal for it, and I recommend taking advantage of that i mean that's just that's that's insane so but yeah i'm excited to see how that's going to go most of those will be starting uh varying from june 14th all the way down to august 12th so very excited to see how that will progress i think it's going to be great Another brief topic is now they're celebrating one year of operations, which went really quick. So they took their first flight May 27, 2021, and we're already here to May 27, 2022. So it's so exciting. Uh, to mark the first birthday, they uh, started using the Airbus A220 into San Francisco, which is very exciting. Um, so yeah, uh, we know Breeze, they've been doing so good. I definitely plan to maybe make some additional content talking about them because I really feel like they have a huge, um, they have huge potential going forward, which is just so exciting. So really excited. Um, some of their longest routes include Providence to Los Angeles, Westchester to Los Angeles. Obviously these are going to be starting, uh, Richmond, San Francisco, Charleston, San Francisco, Norfolk to Los Angeles, and the list goes on. So I'm very proud of Breeze's efforts. I'm really excited to see where they're going to continue to progress. I think they're going to continue to do a great job. U.S. Airlines mishandled over 1.9 million bags in 2021. So it's pretty unfortunate to see this, but honestly, uh, one of the philosophies I've been talking about a lot lately is for a thousand things that go right, one goes wrong. And I mean, there probably is a lot more bags that do not get mishandled, but it still seems like 2 million is a lot. So yes, in 2021, 1.9 million baggage items did get mishandled, which is very unfortunate. Um, American Airlines had them in uh, quite a few of those. 466,000 apparently were lost, stolen, or damaged, which is... That's incredible. That is a huge number. Southwest also had a, quite a bit, uh, 369,000. And it appears to be that various other airlines were down the list. So, uh, yeah, here we have a quote right here uh, from, let's see, um, Gladysco Pava and uh, Radical Storage, uh, co-founder of Radical Storage, I apologize, CEO and co-founder, said, for many travelers, getting on a flight is one of the excitements before a vacation with friends and family. So to think that airlines have lost not taking care of people's property is a real shame, especially so given that 1.9 million back 
Sorry about that. Uh, especially so given that 1.9 million bags mishandled last year were uh, those travelers venturing across the U.S. to see family and friends since the pan before the pandemic, but it put a pause on travel. So a lot of revenue or revenues airlines are making from bag fees. So yes, I am fortunate. It also appears that Envoy Air had several of those bags, which was very unfortunate. So it's just crazy. I mean, hopefully they'll be able to get it back in um back in track very very soon but it is 4.35 bags per thousand passengers that's quite a few so hopefully they'll be able to get back on track but what can i say it's just insane it's a crazy concept and not everything can go perfect but hopefully they'll be able to keep working on it so but on the positive side of this klm has launched a new premium economy cabin which is very exciting so yes they have this going on the boeing 77 and triple seven aircraft of their fleet which is very cool so the product looks really good here is a picture of it as i bring it over for you guys to take a look at as you can tell it looks pretty nice from the glance of course you have some really good seat cushion right here uh pretty good armrest pretty good tray table and then you got in-flight entertainment as well so that's a pretty good looking product to me i think it looks really nice that's going to be launched in uh, july of 2022 I think that's a good looking product. Let me know what you guys think of it. Uh, the president had to say about this. We have great experience, expectations for this new premium comfort class uh, based on extensive market research. The class will meet wishes of businesses, passengers, as well as regional leisure travelers. Strengthening KLM's uh, standing as a global network uh, carrier offering an appealing uh, and varied range. World, uh, world business class, premium comfort, and economy class. It also reaffirms our partnership with Delta Airlines, Air France, and Virgin Atlantic on North America north atlantic routes where we can now combine all products on the all route so that's really good for consolidation right there very very exciting of course these are nice lay flight seats and they have a really cool feet rest right there so that's a really good looking comfort class i think that'll be really good and will really be a huge benefit a 13.3 inch screen for the ife which is really nice and uh really good mill service there too there's another look nice little cushion right there and everything so that's a good looking product i think that'll be really good it's going to be on triple two triple three seven eight and or sorry seven eight nine and seven eight ten so very nice that is really really good so i'm excited to see how that will be i think they'll do a really good job on that and i think that will be a huge benefit to their portfolio so very nice to see that right there and really nice from klm so very very good right there uh, as I get back to the article, the next uh, list up is, oh, my computer had to do that refresh glitch again. I, I guess it's what, what it is. Delta is uh, planning to cut hundreds of flights in the schedule as summer approaches, which is really uh, disappoint or very unfortunate, not necessarily disappointing, but they can only do what they can do. So it's going to be about 100 flights a day, which is unfortunate, but at least it's going to uh, provide some endurance for your schedule with all the um, various issues. So that is the plan. Uh, as they plan to carry nearly 2.5 uh, passengers for Memorial Day weekend. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, uh, it's crazy to see how these various impacts have affected uh, the uh, situation. There was the pilot shortage as well as we know. Um, it's insane. Um, and yeah, it's very unfortunate to see Delta cutting several routes. Um, I think it's just various ones to say the least, but it's going to be affecting all their hubs and yeah, hopefully they'll be able to maybe get it back on track soon. But for the moment, what can I say? It's very unfortunate. 
SpiceJet got fined for 737 MAX training uh, on a faulty simulator, so that's very unfortunate. Um, more 737 MAX issues despite the aircraft flying again, so it appears to be that it was uh, they got fined approximately $13,000 for a faulty simulator. Um, so 90 of the pilots were stopped flying that aircraft because of it, so I'm um, trying to see what the exact details were here. Um, Here's what was said. Uh, there was a missing malfunction inoperative for the uh, B737 MAX diff shaker on the P2 co-pilot side. It had been inoperative since March 17, 2022. However, the simulator was being operated to conduct the returning the service for SpiteJet's pilot in violation of the rules. Yeah, I would kind of like to have that too. So it appears that, um, yeah, that's just a good reason that you got to stay up to date with what's going on, have everything logged in the books and all that fun stuff. So that's very tough, uh, but... That's, that's tough. There's no other way to put it. So that's pretty crazy. But what can I say at this point? It's absolutely bonkers. So uh, $250 million for the Spirit Airlines if Frontier bid falls over. It's a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this has been a whole situation. Obviously, I'm kind of waiting for more concrete news to talk about this a little bit more in depth. But yeah, um, this has obviously been something that has been trying to go down for a while, but they're still trying to get the right opportunity to do it. Just scan through here to see if there's any major details. Um, but yeah, it's a $250 million offer. As we've talked about, I'll be eager to see what they think about it. I think the meeting is going to be on June 10th for the shareholds. So we'll be eager to see what a they go about this i think they will be more in favor of it than the previous jet blue opportunity um so i'm really eager to see how it unfold let it let me know what you guys think about it uh, it's going to be very interesting to see it so very very interesting for sure american airlines shares positive revenue forecast despite fuel concerns so it's great to see american doing well because they've really struggled in the past so it's really exciting to see american doing uh better despite the high fuel prices um seeing if there's any uh, big details. Severe weather during Q2 definitely didn't help, it appears. Um, here was one thing that was said from the American Airlines Chief Op Executive Officer, Officer uh, Robert Islam, of course, uh, at the Bernstein uh, Strategic Decisions Conference. There's the supply and demand imbalance right now, and it is really within the region carrier ranks. There's going to be cost pressure, and that will, I think, have an impact on our regional carriers and other carriers that rely on low-cost labor very unfortunate uh, american does plan to hire 2,000 pilots though which should be very helpful and uh yeah very excited to see how they'll do um they're comparing a lot of numbers still to 2019 um so it's going to be very interesting it's going to hopefully be a pretty similar summer to 2019 it seems as well islam also said we have never seen a revenue environment like this led by a domestic leisure business. He's exactly right on that. I see an industry that has been more or less constrained and is now trying to size back up and is still facing those constraints. That revenue is offsetting some real cost pressures out there. I would completely agree with Islam on that. So, yeah, Americans just trying to get it back into uh, gas fully, and uh, hopefully the gas prices don't affect them too much. So it's going to be very interesting to see that for sure. Mexican startup Airbus looking to operate the regional Cessna flights, which is really exciting. So I think they're going to use the new uh, Cessna aircraft. That would be the Cessna uh, Sky Courier, I believe is the aircraft. Um, so yeah, they're looking to start up here very soon. Uh, they're looking to get started between 2022 and 2025. 
the general director said, our, our goal is to cover 100% of the national territory with domestic flights and going beyond our borders by 2030. We want to sustain, be a sustainable airline and possibly impact the communities we will serve. So yes, they're going to look to acquire a fleet of 14 Cessna Skycourt aircraft with a capable for 19. So I think that these will be really good. It's a very interesting market to start with such a small aircraft, but I think that they could definitely do it since it's going to be much more affordable, I would think. So I'll be really excited, and I don't think there's quite an airline like this in Mexico because obviously you have airlines like Volaris, Aeromexico, and Vita Aerobus that kind of rule, uh, rule the uh, community. So it's going to be very interesting to see a small airline like this, and this kind of reminds me a little bit of like Cape Air or Air Choice One. Uh, I think they could definitely serve that purpose in Mexico. So excited to see how Airways will do going into the future, and I think they definitely have a lot of potential going forward. So that's very, very exciting right there, and I think that they could really do good by that going into the future and um yeah that will uh conclude it for our um excuse me airline news and that will now take us into um or yes uh we have one more article sorry I, this one could go either way i guess but Air New Zealand CEO buys over one million dollars in shares which is crazy just to kind of put this in the last uh portion here of airline news um that's crazy to see so um he uh I'm trying to, he has a pretty big salary, it looks like. Uh, I'm trying to find the name for you guys. Uh, Greg Foran, I think is the name. Uh, about $1 million in shares. That is crazy. So I'm eager to see how he's going to do with those shares. Um, I didn't even know that he was able to, a CEO could do that, but I guess it's possible. So definitely a very insane market right there. But at this point, it's kind of what we got to expect in the aviation industry in one way or another. Am I right? So that's absolutely crazy and definitely one thing that you can expect on the regular. But now with the conclusion of fleet news, we or sorry, airline news, we will now transition into industry news to finish out today's episodes. We have a lot of good stuff to start over here. So beginning with Ember, they will start to compete uh, for the first startup day of sustainable flight in, uh, innovations. Excuse me. So it appears that they're uh, going to be working on some additional aircraft and uh, different technologies like hydraulic uh, fuel cell, hydraulic combustion, hybrid fuel hydroelectric, all kinds of stuff there to continue to work on their um, products. And they're going to be... Um, Sorry, this is kind of an interesting topic that I'm trying to grasp my head around. Let's try to read this quote to get us going here. So, to meet climate change, it is essential to encourage every innovation path, not just rely on traditional players. Embraer is a uh, natural affinity with uh, nimble innovators, and we believe that growing ecosystems of small tech-savvy startups have a huge contribution to make if a given opportunity. So, I think they're trying to look into new technologies uh, that will hopefully be not only improved for the environment, just but just more efficient in general. Um, I'm not sure exactly what those are going to be yet, but I think they're trying to use technology to start to work on that. And, um, yeah, it's going to be very exciting to see how they'll continue to innovate on that. That was kind of a complex topic to get us started there, but it's going to be very interesting. Um, one thing that's not going to be as complicated, unfortunately, is, um, this mainly for Aviation 18. That's mainly the reason that I'm covering this because this, uh, was something I knew a little bit about. Southampton Airport expansion case was thrown out of court, unfortunately, which kind of sucks because that would have been really cool to see them get the runway extended. I think that, that definitely could have helped their, um, 
network uh, of uh, airlines. The uh, runway is currently just 5,600 feet, which is not a lot. Uh, I think they're just trying to get additional airlines, but they can't get the additional airlines without some additional runway length. And uh, yeah, this has been going all the way back since 2021. And it was just viewed by court to be something that uh, would not be uh, beneficial enough. So it's a pretty long article. They got a lot of good details in here. Uh, and it just goes into various details about airlines that have been here and airlines that will continue to come here. So I still think uh, Southampton has uh, a, a good ways to go. Uh, and hopefully that they'll continue to progress. I think just the only issue there has been... Um, getting that runway expanded. So maybe they'll try again soon, but from the moment, it's very unfortunate. India is pushing to cut the tax applied to jet fuel, which is very interesting. So this could be as a result due to um, the uh, situ uh, situations that have been happening with the fuel, which is very unfortunate. So um, I think that the tax is just kind of killing er everybody in this department at this point. And I think that India is just trying to help. So yeah, they just go talking to, to details about just a lot of numbers, it appears. Lots of number stuff. So, yeah, um, trying to see if there's any very significant details that I could find there. Um, yeah, it just looks like that's been a frustration for some time and that they make quite a bit of it. So, hopefully, that they'll be able to get that going if they want to, but we'll see what's going to happen. A very interesting topic, one that's really interesting, is what's going on with London's Heathrow's airport's third runway? Let's see what's going on here. So, obviously, that they've been trying to get a new runway for quite some time. Uh, I think they're going to try to make it about 12,000 feet, which would be really good. And that would add an additional 260,000 movements, which would be really big for Heathrow. I can only imagine uh, how many more aircraft they can get in now there. I'm sure you guys may have saw mock-ups online, but it's going to be on the, I think it's the north side of the field, uh, along with the new terminal, which I think would be really helpful for Heathrow. Throw. So I'm not sure what's in that area right now. I'm not sure if it's grass nor um, area that they could work with, but it's very, very interesting. But I think the government's had a huge part of that, so they're trying to make it work. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how everything comes together to make that happen. Uh, so here was one quote that was said, by working closely to the sector to focus on sustainable growth, powered by the latest innovations, we can ensure that aviation creates jobs and opportunities across all four nations of the UK. So that kind of went off topic a little bit, but that's what happens when you passage skim. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, Heathrow is just trying to grow and they really need some additional uh, resources to do it. And a third runway and a terminal expansion would really help them out there. So they'll be eager to see how that goes down, but we'll have to see. Very exciting to see that uh, Bombardier uh, reveals a new Global 8000 aircraft, which is very exciting. So the Global 8000, I think, would be a really cool plane. It's kind of similar to the 7500, but I think that this one's going to be a little bit more innovative with a really good range, it appears, which is really nice. There's some cool mock-ups inside with the uh, even having a TV in there and everything, which is really cool. And yeah, uh, obviously, the Global 7500 has seen a lot of success, so this will just continue to get uh, going with that. A 0.94 match. That would be incredible. Uh, 1,000 nautical miles per hour, which would be insane. So a list price of $78 million. That's incredible. So uh, initially in the market in 2017, but they're looking to get it in service by 2025. So, But this could even do stuff like Dubai to Houston, Singapore to Los Angeles, and London to Perth. That would be crazy. Wow. Thinking the private jet could go almost two-thirds of the world is... Phew. Wowzers. Okay, so very excited to see how that's going to go. Some even have uh, bed uh, op opportunities. Uh, so that's just, that's crazy, man. Wow. 
Uh, very excited to see that. I can only imagine owning one of those things for crying out loud, but that's really cool. So very exciting there. A Latam Airbus A321 rejected takeoff following an engine failure. Very interesting. So this happened, was going from Fulcicaz to Rio de Janeiro and had a engine failure on takeoff. So yeah, uh, it appears that it was taken off in the evening. It was accelerating down Forms uh, 1.3 and it had a rejected speed and was going about 95 knots. So uh, yes, that's absolutely insane. Here was a comment that the airline said, Latam Airline Brazil informs the, that the aircraft would fly LA3864, La Paz to Rio de Janeiro, that would take off at 2.20 p.m. this Saturday 28th and interrupt the takeoff procedure in a, a completely safe manner and return to the airport apron for corrective maintenance. The flight was rescheduled and took off on Saturday 28th, 9.05 p.m. the destination on the 29th at uh, 0004. So yeah, glad that they were able to get that fixed. Uh, the aircraft was registered, uh, Papa Tango X-ray Papa Golf. And uh, yeah, it was a uh, fairly old A321 that was uh, approximately 15 years old. So yeah, and that was on the V2500 for reference. So very glad that they were able to stay safe through the process. And yeah, it was very unfortunate for sure, but glad they were able to stay safe. So good job there on the uh, proper rejected takeoff. It's crazy to think that 747 is almost out of production completely, and Atlas Air is going to take the last Ford that are going to be built uh, going into October. So, obviously, the Airbus A380 and 777 runs ended recently. Uh, I think the A380 did. I know the 777 did for sure. And now the uh, Boeing 747 is somehow going to be added into that lineup. So, of course, these are going to be 747F freighters, which is going to be it. Um, obviously... Uh, 747 on the down end here is kind of just unfortunately 400 planes are just not quite as efficient. Uh, so yeah, they're currently getting these um, going here, and um, yeah, it's crazy to see this aircraft um, coming to a close. But I think that these will at least be beneficial for Atlas Air. It's just crazy because the first aircraft was built and flew in February of 1969, and it's been going for such a long time. So this is absolutely crazy. It's been a really good part of the aviation industry, and I think that they still have several years to go, especially in cargo land, but unfortunately, their time being produced is coming to a close. So it's very uh, unfortunate, but hopefully going forward, um, we can at least enjoy these days uh, that we have left with it. Avita Aerobus, Airbus A320 Neo almost took off from taxiway at Chicago here. I don't even know how this happens, to be honest, but... Um, so they were supposed to line up and wait, and... They attempted to do it, um, and I think that they um, got just a little bit confused on where to be, and they told them to stop, and um, thank gosh that they did not end up taking off on the taxiways. So, um, yeah, I I mean, it's po they're potentially going to do a possible pilot deviation there, it appears. Um, I don't think it was intentional, obviously, um, but yeah, I didn't even know how you almost take off on a taxiway. Um, as a student pilot, I can assure that I can identify a taxiway to a runway. Granted, it is a international airport for those guys and everything, but I mean, it's identified pretty obviously. So, but again, accidents happen. It could have been at night. Was it at night? Now at night, I could see that a little bit different. So, um, just skimming through here to see if that had a time. Not seeing any time. I think I would have caught it anyways. Yeah, I don't see a time. Very interesting because I, at night I could see that a little bit more happening. But yeah, I don't know if it, that was a day. I just hmm, I don't I don't know. Who knows? But thank gosh that everybody was safe, and I don't even know that happens to be honest. 
Last but certainly not least, uh, Edward Willis, Airbus A340-300 had to divert after a lightning strike. So I actually saw some pictures of this online the other day of lightning strikes on aircraft. It was something that I thought of. It was very interesting. So yeah, they could really damage these aircraft. And let's see if they have a picture of this. Uh, it looks like it was going from Zurich and had to return very quickly. Um, and yeah, it was a quarter away to Tenerife, and uh, it got slight by lightning, and they brought it back. It was uh, WK214, and yeah, thank gosh they were able to make corrective actions, and uh, yeah, this was an 18.3-year-old aircraft that was delivered to Swiss in 2013, actually. Operated for 15 years, and then it was transferred over to Edgewiz Air, which is very interesting, so... The route obviously was to that island, and yeah, thank gosh that they were able to be okay. But uh, yeah, these lightning strikes can be really bad and uh, can be very, very nervous, some to say the least. So, with all that being said, that will do it for today's V1 Rotate podcast episode on the news. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, sorry that I had to be solo, but. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And I want to keep this, consi- me and Citrus want to keep this consistent for you guys. And this was the only way that we were going to be able to do it this week. We also have started a new podcast with the Model Aircraft Today podcast. So feel free to check that out if you're into model airplanes. We would very much appreciate that. And yeah, expect a lot of formal stuff to come soon on um, V1 Rotate. We have a lot of great stuff planned. I'm not sure uh, what uh, will be next. We may try to do an episode on a select topic. There was a lot of good topics I found. So maybe we dive into one of those next time but i think that we'll obviously still cover the news because there's still a lot of great uh topics to cover and it's been bustling lately so nevertheless i really hope you guys enjoyed it again sorry that was a little bit different this time around but again just sometimes we gotta do what we gotta do to keep the consistency up and we definitely did it again sorry that this is a couple days late expect the next one to be on time we'll try to get it planned uh we were planning just fine but then we got got close every time and then by the time we got the friday we kind of got screwed so sorry about that once again but i hope everybody enjoyed it Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of this i hope you guys have been enjoying it really excited for what's to come and i hope you guys are as well so with all that being said that will do for the v1 rotate podcast episode today everybody i really hope you guys enjoyed it thank you guys so much for watching i really hope you guys uh watching and listening uh i'll do the outro for aviation once again you guys are cleared for takeoff uh thank you guys so much for watching really hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys are uh, excited for what's to come and we're gonna have a lot of great podcast episodes come let us know if you guys have any feedback recommendations or any of that fun stuff and uh, we'll try to do some question tickers and all that fun stuff uh going forward again sorry that this was not quite as formal as what i wanted it to be but uh, i was a little late to the show and at least want to keep the consistency up expect episode four to be really good thank you guys so much for understanding we really appreciate it and we're so excited for what's to come so you guys are cleared for takeoff thank you guys so much for listening we really appreciate it have a fantastic day everybody so excited to uh, hear from you guys and let us know what you guys like to see next thank you guys so much for listening we really hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you guys next time on the v1 rotate podcast have a great day everybody Buddy. My one seven, clear to land. Clear to land, we're only one seven. Come on, two five seven, kilo alpha.